Hey everyone, in the following podcast you'll hear the edited audio of Sienna's live Instagram interview with Michelle Seaworld from Hack Theatre, who presented a series of short films and interviews which explore inclusivity in the arts industry. Do you want to learn how to ensure we're making the arts and culture industry more accessible and diverse? We'll get ready for practical insights from Michelle. I hope you enjoy it. How are you anyway? Yeah, good, good. You know, I'm, I think I'm good. You know, I don't know what good looks like anymore. It's kind of like today is good. Yesterday was all right. And we'll see what happens tomorrow. So yeah. I think, you know. I'm a bit relative. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you so much for joining us today. Um, it's the concluding day of Unmute. And I'm really excited to hear how the week's been for you. Um, so for people who haven't heard of Unmute and Hack Theatre, would you like to just introduce the project and what your role has been in that? Yeah, so Hack Theatre is a socio-political theatre company. Um, it's mostly just me. So even though I say it's a company, you know, I um, employ like some freelancers. Um, mm-hmm. It was set up in Norwich. And so really talking about like and reaching out to regional theatres and a lot of our work has been um, yeah, just kind of regionally based um, and really trying to champion those diverse voices that I felt mm-hmm. um, kind of going to Norwich, you didn't always see. So, and also just in the theatre industry in general. So Unmute really is and has been like a really um, great fulfilment of a passion of mine to just reach out to like amazing artists who mm-hmm. are just trying to stay creative in whatever way they can during lockdown. So it's about advocating for inclusivity in the arts. It's about how we can be creative and stay connected with not only our creative communities, but just whatever communities we were part of in whatever physical space we were before, how we can maybe continue to bridge that gap, even through screen exhaustion, even through a crisis and just how we can help each other. Wonderful. Um, I'm sure many people find it as an interesting resource um, to watch and listen to the time when people might be creatively exhausted. Um, wonderful. So why did you des- decide to um, start Unmute? Um, when did it begin? Um, was it kind of at the beginning of lockdown, halfway through? What prompted you to start this project? Yeah, I think, I mean, it's such an interesting question because it feels like such a blur. So as soon as lockdown happened, um, I had just come off a show, Border Control, which is at Bolts. Literally, my last outing was going into Bolts, taking down the set and taking it home in an Uber, you know, and then we were locked down on that Monday. And it was really, I think the impulse was more about, you know, I think it, it comes from my experience of being a sister of disability. So I have a sister with Down syndrome. And whenever I've been in a crisis, you know, which has happened in my family when my sister's gone into hospital, my dad's gone into hospital. I'm very much like, right, what do we have to do? How do we fix Mm -hmm. this? You know, I'm a fixer. So it was like, okay, right, the arts, the theatres are closed, but we have to stay connected. We have to be with family. So what are we, how do we fix this? And so I I just felt like, you know, I I was doing a walk with my partner one morning and I was like, I don't know how to be creative. I don't know what to do. And he just said, well, you know, what would you usually do um, if you're not feeling inspired? And I said, I'd reach out to artists. And so that's that's how it was. And I just thought, 
of, you know, not only having an interview and just chatting with them, getting inspiration, stealing ideas from them as well. I definitely have done that. But as well, just kind of like getting them to create an adaptation piece of just five to ten minutes. Just Mm. kind of, you know, delve into this idea of what does adapting mean during the crisis. And Mm. I think they've all done that just really brilliantly. So, yeah, that's kind of how it started off. Amazing. I like the idea of um, just kind of reaching out to people because when I watch the videos, it's very much um, a casual chat, like you've met up for coffee um, at your favourite coffee shop and you're just talking about what could be next in their future and the future of the arts. And I think that's encouraging um, a kind of informal chat at a time when, you know, some digital engagements are people feel uncomfortable engaging in. So, yeah. um, particularly for... And those who feel marginalised, I think it could be very helpful. Yeah, it was it was really, it was so interesting because some of the artists I knew really well, like Sean, I did my master's Mm. with, you know, we did a whole journey to get that. Um, You know, Christina, I did Edinburgh with her, like when she was Mm. in her one woman show, I was doing my one woman show. And that's how we met. But then um, artists like Athena and Coco, I hadn't, I'd seen their work and I'd really loved their work but I'd never been able to engage with them before professionally. So it was just an opportunity to just reach out. And actually, I think what what I kind of felt back from the artist and what I felt, you know, I mean, I was sitting on my bed, you know, like when I was doing these, I think people just wanted to chat and people just wanted to say how they felt about this new mm-hmm. worldview. Um, and I think that was how we were able to really connect. Um, some of the interviews as well, like the interview with Christina, went for two hours. So it's not just the half an hour that you see. There's a lot of kind of work that kind of went on and just talking and talking through how we were feeling as well, just to help make the artists comfortable and make yeah. sure that we can really delve into some really serious issues and topics yeah. of conversation, like with Athena talking about the, you know, she talks about the trauma of being a woman in a disabled person's body. And that is a really hard hitting theme. And she was so open and honest. And I, I feel really humbled to have been able to connect with them in, in that way. Um, and kind of going into that about delving into topics that are hard to talk about um, in any circumstance. What was it like, um, you know, you make theatre, you go into local settings, as you say, and um, then to transform that into a socially distanced setting so you're wanting to delve into some of um the issues that the artists are passionate about but it's over zoom or whatever platform that you're using how did you go about that like not being there in person and the challenges that that might have um faced it was it was a mixture of like well we just have to do this real sense of well this is the only way we can do it sometimes the internet connection you know in the videos sometimes the, the sound doesn't quite add up to the video. I, I mean, that could yeah. be my poor editing skills, but a lot of the time it was just, that's what we had to work with. And that was very um, important that we honored that. And I think just honoring that experience of this is just, this is where we're at. But I think for me, the whole crux of this whole thing has been well-being, flexibility and community. You know, there were some days where I wasn't feeling particularly great, so I'd have to cancel. Some days, some artists would be like, you know what, can we reschedule? Can we do a different time? All that kind of stuff was really, really crucial in actually being like, you know what, yep, that's fine. You have to 
do what you've got to do today and then we'll catch up later. So this mm-hmm. series, like to be honest, the series has been delayed by about a month, maybe six weeks, but I feel like that has created like a more quality product and it's enabled us to work over Zoom and just be like, we've never worked like this before. So let's try and do something. And, and I really enjoyed it actually, because some of the artists, I wouldn't be able to be in a space with all of them. You know, you've got to travel, you've got to, you know, Christine mm-hmm. in America, James is in Australia. I wouldn't be able to work with them if I couldn't do it over Zoom. So that's been really, really exciting. Definitely. It kind of gives you an excuse to reach out um, to people who you wouldn't be able to work with anyway, I guess, in different time zones. Yeah. And I mean, like, the thing is, is, you know, especially during the peak of this, when I was working on this, um, you know, I knew where everyone was. You know, they couldn't mm-hmm. hide from me. It's like, I know you're at home, but <laughs> now I can reach you. So yeah. that was, that was <laughs> <quite> nice. <laughs> Um, I'm interested to hear from you. Um, obviously, you've had the week of videos that are now out and um, talking to different artists. Has there been one particular um, story or circumstance that has really struck you and um, that you'd like to share with the viewers? Yeah, I think, I don't know if it's story. I feel like all of the, all of the artist stories have just been mm-hmm. really amazing and really thought-provoking. But I think the main thread that I really took away and I really felt comfort from actually was this idea of being productive um, and actually not being productive, like being creative. So, you know, we don't need to focus on how productive we're being like, oh, I've written five scenes today. Like that's that's not necessarily productive. It's actually Mm. like, you know, Athena has taught a toddler how to count to three in English. Asha has um, learned how to do acrylic nails and Sean is baking cakes and breads for his community and that's creative and that's really inspired me to actually be like yeah what type of creative thing could I do that isn't productive in our notions of it and also the fact that time is on our side like we are in lockdown even though it's easing up we still don't know what's happened like the concept of time for me at least is out the window and it's okay like if something doesn't get done today we've got tomorrow so we don't need to to stress about that and put that pressure on ourselves and I hope that we can really take that away definitely that's really interesting and I think will be an encouragement to many people um, especially the uh, the idea of time, the idea of time is broken down um, and it'll be interesting to see how people reconstruct that or not mm-hmm. um, and how we forward from there. If we move on um, to really what Unmute is about, which is inclusivity, you know, it focuses on artists, um, but the broader theme is inclusivity in the arts. And I'm just interested to hear your thoughts on what, the, what you think the main barrier is um, to the arts industry becoming more inclusive. Yeah, I mean... You know, I definitely don't want to sound like a bit of a glimster or whatever Boris Johnson wants to call people who are a bit challenging (laughs) of these views. But I really feel like, you know, it's what Coco says. It's, you know, it is really difficult to reconstruct and rebuild and and transform um, a whole industry that is based on white male playwrights. But as she says, no one's going to cry for you. Just do it. Like, it is really, it is going to be a challenge. And I think the fact that we have built a lot of our infrastructure on on, on this and on these notions of, of um, whiteness and, and 
the male gender is, is really dominated that, mm. I think we, we really need to look at how we can really change not only within ourselves and be, again, just honest and open and humble and just mm. go, okay, well, what can I learn? How can I educate myself? You know, we have, as I said, we've got the time to just educate ourselves, find the resources and go see someone else's work who, you know, who maybe you wouldn't have seen before. And maybe you think, oh, I don't know if that's my cup of tea. Just Mm -hmm. find out, you know, like it's all online. You don't really have to pay for anything anymore. Let's just, you know, really look at what other people are doing and try to be inspired by that. And Mm -hmm. I think that's the only way out for us that, and I think, you know, this idea of going back to normal and going back to the theatres, for me, that implies that we're taking a step back. I think yeah. everything that's happened with COVID, it's just revealed the injustices and vulnerability of society. And if we take a step back, we're not being truthful to ourselves. It's the idea of returning to normality, whereas really normality, you know, we can get nostalgic and think that normality was perfect, but in reality, um, we can only move forwards. Um, and I think Unmute is very encouraging in that sense. Um, now, before we move on um, to another question about inclusivity, I just wanted to remind anyone who's viewing um, that you can ask questions about Unmute, about being inclusive in the arts, um, any questions that you might have about the project in the comments, and we will get to them. So please do um, ask any questions that you might have. All right, the next question is about individuals. So if a young artist is at home, maybe working on their craft and they feel very passionate about the injustices that you've mentioned, how can they go about bringing a larger transformation about in the industry? Do you have any practical tips for young people? Yeah, I think, first of all, amazing. Like if you are doing that, then fantastic. That's what the arts needs to see right now. So brilliant. Practical tips, I think, and things that I really wish I'd learned, um, because, mm. you know, I've learned so much even just this year um, for just being more inclusive, making my work more accessible. That's been a real driver for the last maybe three, four years. And this year it's really been propelled and excelled with that, um, mostly because of Arts Council funding and mm. able to have the money to do that. So I think practical steps that you can really do going forward is like, first of all, thinking about just how can you caption your work? How can you ensure that your work can be viewed by people who may be deaf or hard of hearing or um, have any sort of um, uh, differently abled abilities? So BSL interpreters are amazing, amazing people. And I think we should definitely be working with them more. Uh, Coco integrates BSL in a lot of her, in a, one of her performances. So definitely take a look at that kind of stuff. Um, Look at how, you know, we're we're looking at digital. So how can we do video, audio? How can we use different mediums to actually, um, uh, for for it to be a different viewing experience for for different people? And I think as well, just kind of don't be afraid to reach out to organisations who are are working in the subject matter that you're working in. Um, You know, even this morning, I... I was talking with Hijinks Theatre because I'm working on a show, a one-woman show with a woman with Down syndrome. So we're just talking about how to make the R&D a really accessible experience. So I, know I got so many amazing tips that I would never have thought of. So just reaching out to those people, and you can apply for money from Arts Council England for that. And just, yeah, just keep on asking questions. 
Absolutely. I think Ami is um, an example of that. And she mentioned earlier in the interview about how really it was an excuse to um, speak to other artists and hear, hear about what they've been getting up to. Um, and I guess that's, that's a great place for young people to start um, bringing about change. So thank you for that. Um, I'm interested to hear um, what you've been consuming in lockdown. So you've been working on this project, but what's um, inspired you? What have you been watching or listening to or reading um, that's had a great impact on you in the, in the past few months? Yeah, so I've been so bad with podcasts. Um, I just feel so overwhelmed by just information. Sure. So I've not really you know, been listening to much or even, even reading that much, to be, to be honest. But some TV shows that I've really loved during the summer, I've, I've binge-watched Killing Eve with, I think, mm -hmm. half the country. Yeah. Um, uh, I May Destroy You, of course, is just such a powerful, powerful show, um, which I'm still watching. And actually, recently, I just uh, finished watching uh, Mrs. America on BBC, which mm -hmm. was very, I thought that was really interesting. Mm -hmm. But so what I've actually been doing is playing a lot of... Um, uh, games so like there's one really kind of like inappropriate game for lockdown which is called organ attack which some of my friends introduced me to which during the pandemic seemed a bit weird but actually strangely really fun to to play so <laughs> I've been doing that kind of thing as well just with um, my partner and with some friends great um Thank you, Michelle. It's been really, really interesting to find out more about the project. I just wonder if you could um, give people a heads up of where to go to find Unmute, find the videos, uh, and also more about the work that you do at, at Hack Theatre. Yeah, so just keep in touch on Twitter's the main um, port of call for us. Um, also, of course, our website, hacktheatre.co.uk. Keep an eye out, um, and in the near future, in the next couple of months, um, as I mentioned, I'm working on a one-woman show, uh, which is a adaptation of uh, Pygmalion by George Bernard Shaw, or we know it more um, fondly as My Fair Lady. So mm -hmm. we're doing an adaptation of that from the point of view of a, a woman with Down syndrome with Sarah Gordy, Hannah Pascal-Keegan, and uh, Ben Weatherill, all from Jellyfish. So it's a, been a really, really exciting pro, uh, project mm -hmm. so far. So we're mostly working on that. That's very exciting and good luck and best wishes for the project and again thank you for joining us today it's been wonderful to hear from you. Thank you so much for having me it's been really really fun. Today's episode was made possible by Voice Magazine an online platform for young people interested in art and culture. You can read Voice over at voicemag.uk and find it on Twitter, Instagram and Facebook as voicemag.uk. The voice contributors are also on Instagram over at voice.extra. If you are looking for another podcast to listen to, the contributors release the Voice Extra podcast every Saturday, where they talk about the pieces they've produced and the culture they've been enjoying. If you like this podcast, please consider helping us to make more with a donation of any amount at voicemag.uk forward slash donate. Thanks to Kevin McLeod for the use of the track Thief in the Night. You can find more of his work in computech.com. Tom Innes was the executive producer.